Welcome in, everybody, to SEC Football and Beyond for Monday, May 11th. As we've got a few things on tap today. Big weekend. Tennessee continues to have a big month in recruiting. Kentucky gets a big um, verbal commitment this weekend. Got some transfer news. We've got some recap of a lot of recruiting news around uh, the league this past week. And we're going to take a look at uh, some players that are returning, as we like to do, continue to talk about guys that um, are returning and how they might have an impact. And we're going to take a look at some of the top guys and see um, how they might fit in, who's some of the best players in the conference um, and their roles and uh, how they um, – Things may play out this year for them and uh, as, as regard to the conference. So a lot to get to today. I uh, want to remind you, as we always do, to check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest detailed inside information and analysis on the college game. We, uh, we're we r- really busy right now working on um, a lot of roster analysis, college and NFL, and We've got some of that stuff uh, already up. Uh, working on uh, the updated list of NFL free agents, and we're going to have that up there. We've got a lot of NFL stuff that we've put there, guys that are um, you know, kind of breaking down some of their rosters. But we're doing the same, of course, on the college level. And certainly uh, we've taken each uh, kind of the checklist of players for the 2021 draft in each conference, give different little looks that I think are intriguing and fun to our listeners. So always try to do it. I don't really (laughs) pay attention so much to, you know, um, having players. In our scouting notebooks, we don't have things rated by conference or anything like that. We just, uh, uh, you know, you grade players, and obviously you do studies of where they come from, so on and so forth. So we're aware of that, but... It doesn't matter where a player plays, um, big school, small school, any part of the country. Uh, we we certainly are on top of it as scouts. But I think it is interesting to kind of look. Um, and one of the things I've tried to do in trying to help fans enjoy the game a little bit more as they are a little bit more in tune to <clears throat> the conferences and all that. We all know that the, the NFL draft, we've talked about it. Look at how many players come out of that. It's just a byproduct of where the conference is and the coaches, the development, the recruiting, the resources, the facilities, so on and so forth. Uh, people like to kind of know because people tend to follow uh, maybe certain conferences more than others. So it's a way to kind of get people aware of some of the players. You know, it's a great defensive tackle at Pittsburgh. And, you know, um, that Florida State has not played all that well for – couple of years he's got two good defensive tackles and you know um it's always interesting we got players like at wake forest or what have you that that are good players so we, we try to make sure that you are aware on on top of everything so check it out our scouting season offer uh takes you inside not only all of that but uh recruiting um boards that we're putting up by state and uh, information there uh, news and notes inside our notebook each and every day. So check it out again over at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the scouting season offer. It'll get you prepared for the football season better than we've ever done before. 
Also a reminder about the great folks at 401k Generation. Um, they are the experts in 401ks, in financial uh, planning, investments. Uh, they're licensed in all 50 states. You can reach them at one 998 5879 So check them out today. Also check out Landry Football Conference Call is where you want to sign up for uh, making sure that you get this podcast as well as our pro football podcast. Both come out each and every day. It goes right to your phone. So check them out right there. Uh, Landry Football's conference call is where you want to sign up. <coughs> so there's some interesting – I always like to because it's not a topic that that I have a lot of information on. Or, excuse me, there's plenty of information. It's not a topic that I have much um, analytical ability. In fact, I have zero. How much is that? Is is zero not much? Um, analytical ability to evaluate this season. But Dr. Fauci was interviewed recently about the NFL. And, you know, he's talked several times about general in sports and where things play out. And But he's not talked about football. And he was talking about the NFL, but this is applicable to college football. And he's talking about how do you deal with it and what's his medical recommendation. And I think it is interesting for the chief medical examiner. Excuse me. Not, I don't know if that's – sorry. Um Forget that. Whatever his, I don't know what his title. You know, he's he's certainly one of the leaders in this studying this viral infection. You know, the question, the concern about players, and this is again in reference to NFL teams, what he was referring to, but it's certainly the case in college, more so in college, as we've talked about. A player gets an infection. Infected with this virus, say you got four players, you know, you, you, you know, his theory is you test players before the game, and if they're test positive for that, you got to sit them. Um, <laughs> the, the integrity of it. What do you do? Do you do you do it independently? I mean, think about this for a second. Your star player in college. And we'll just go back to last year. If we use last year, if you got a Joe Burrow effect, LSU's going to sit down Joe Burrow against Alabama? I guess they have to. He feels fine, but he's tested positive. No symptoms, he's fine. But medically, you can't put him on the field. You know, from a medical standpoint, they say, no, no. You, it's, that is irresponsible medically to expose him. Who decides that in college football? Now, the NFL's dealing with the same situation. Patrick Mahomes test positive. Got to set him down. That's <laughs> not going to be done. That's going to be monitored. Some interesting things. Now that we're moving towards a feeling of, well, we're probably going to play. And I've always said, oh, boy, yeah. You know, how is it going to look? How is that going to factor in? You talk about an intriguing season. 
that could where down is up and up is down on a given day. I think there's some intriguing times ahead. Don't know, as Dr. Fossey said, the virus will dictate and will tell us what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. You know, it's it's you don't have the answers. Don't know how this is going to play out. May sit here and say, man, you know what? Wasn't all that bad. All things considered, all that discussed, wasn't as bad as we thought. I sure hope so. I mean, I sure hope that is the case. Uh, it's going to be real interesting. Mark Emmert came out and said, the NCAA president said he doesn't envision schools being ready to compete in college football unless students return to campus around the country. Um, he says all the commissioners and every president that I've talked to is in clear agreement. If you don't have students on campus, you don't have student athletes on campus um, as well. It's interesting because this is on the heels of a few commissioners being quoted themselves into saying, wait a minute, you know, if we got online classes, you know, we still can play. So you got an interesting situation here. Remember, the NCAA doesn't make money from college football. They make money from NCAA-sanctioned events like the NCAA basketball tournament. They shut it down. Uh, They do uh, focus on the academic student-athlete side of it. And we are more than ever before in an age of a player – is a student first. And in an era where, oh, players don't get paid, should get paid, putting a player on the field when students can't go on campus, if that happens to be the case, is going to be serving to the benefit of those that are saying, guys are, are like employees, They're required to go to work. They're not paid. You know that is the last thing they want. So on the the end of, hey, we'd have to pay the athletes, man, that's that's a big – these are bigger issues going on than just whether we play or not. But how it looks, how that's going to be a factor is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, it's interesting that he made the comment during the same week in an interview that, again, kind of contradicts some of the commissioners that he says are all in agreement. So it tells you right there. What? Let me tell you what it tells me. There's this old political axiom. They'll float stuff out there to the media to see how public reaction takes it. So I fully believe they'd like to have stuff out there and see how the media reacts to it. Play! Heck, you know, it's 
no, you can't play that. See how the media reaction is before you make a decision. Because they, they can't make a decision now anyway. So float different ideas and concepts out there. See where the wind takes it. And then have a certain decision or a certain awareness of what the reaction is going to be. Because there's going to be a bad reaction. There is going to be a negative reaction. If students can't go to campus but players are playing, that's going to be a bad reaction. If players don't play, there's going to be a bad reaction. There is nothing good coming in the public relations end of this football season. I'm just telling you. It is a nervous time because the importance of being able to get things back in order, back to some sense of normalcy, is definitely needed, definitely wanted. No one doesn't want to get back. But how do you do it is everything. It really is in the safety. We're going to have to really see. As my guest, Dr. Fauci, says, the virus will tell. And there are people that are, you know, anti-Dr. Fauci and anti-scientists because it's running the economy. And it's clear this is what this is. In an athletic standpoint, you got the commissioners are saying, school presidents are saying, athletic departments are saying, <laughs> we got to have it. It's now a public admittance that this is, I mean, not the, hey, surprise, right? Public admittance by administrators. This is a mega business situation. And without the income, we're in a whole lot of trouble. And we're starting to see it. We're already starting to see pay cuts. Wisconsin and his staff, you know, Paul Chris taking pay cuts. Guys that that are making a lot of money as coaches taking pay cuts. Mainly, they're being told, we got to cut the budget off of football. And so, it's you take a pay cut or we're going to have to eliminate some positions on the staff. See, what has happened, and I am thrilled that it's created more opportunities in football coaching and administration, being a football guy. But all this money that's being made has created a lot of different positions. Basically, a lot of money. We bring in a lot of money. We want it spent. There has not been a good job done of putting money away for a rainy day. It kind of mirrors society, isn't it? A lot of people can't afford. They don't make enough money to be able to put money away. But some people, I mean, there are people that make really good money. You know, that make six figures in modest, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, cost of living areas. They got nothing. They're 40000 in debt. They can't, you know, they live paycheck to paycheck. Well, this is what college athletics is. They're, they're spending money as fast as they can get it, and they're just more and more and more. Well, now what we're seeing is if you take it away, 
there is no savings account to go to to help get you through some tough times. This is what's going on right now. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. On to football, which is what I really like to talk about. Big weekend in the SEC. Tennessee continues to really do a nice job. Jeremy Port and his staff uh, are really capitalized on this time of year. And, you know, I think the the whole storyline is going to be how well can they finish this out and close it out come December. Received a verbal commitment from four-star quarterback Caden Salter. We've talked about him. We talked about he was probably headed to Tennessee, so no shocking news, but still able to get it done. 11 commitments now over the last two weeks. Salter, um, 6'1", 185-pound quarterback, Baylor, Louisville, UCLA, Utah, Ole Miss. <clears throat> Four-star quarterback, really good dual threat guy, good, good player, an important position. Kentucky getting a verbal commitment. More in Tennessee a little bit later. Kentucky as well. Kentucky gets a verbal this weekend from four-star wide receiver Dekel Crowdus, a local guy from Frederick Douglass High School in Lexington. So, makes sense, of course. But, they haven't always gotten these type of kids. Um, Ohio State, Texas, Michigan, Oklahoma, all were in on the the 5'9", 175-pound wideout, really good speed. It's the first four-star commitment for the Wildcats in the 2021 class. Some other recruiting information over the past week, Arkansas getting a verbal from three-star running back Javian Hunt. Uh, picked them uh, Arkansas over Baylor, Iowa State, Nebraska, and Washington State. Plays at uh, Carl Albert High School in Oklahoma City. He is a top five player in the in the state of Oklahoma and one of the top 25 best overall um, running backs, of course, and a top 400 overall player. Good get for them. Uh, uncommitted four-star defensive tackle Katron Evans is going to announce his college choice coming up soon. Haven't gotten the word on it yet. He was supposed to make a decision this weekend. Probably have something for you. Um, but he's another guy that was uh, – uh, headed to um, to Tennessee, so we'll see how that uh, that uh, uh, that uh, excuse me that is correct. Katron Evans, uh, I'm sorry, uh, did commit to uh, to Tennessee over the weekend. So the six four three hundred twenty pound tackle uh, did commit over the weekend. Uh, okay, missed uh, missed that somehow. So it was great, another great get for them um so again that that continues to be uh a, a quite a run that uh, tennessee's on uh, alabama gets a verbal from four-star wide receiver jacory brooks um he was down to florida and alabama but uh, the six three hundred eighty five pounder is um the fourth commitment those florida alabama people are concerned about alabama and tennessee's getting all the publicity now alabama will still end up, along with Georgia, is the best class in classes in the conference and probably in the country, along with Clemson and Ohio State. Um, you know, it's just that they're a little bit later. They're not offering as much. So what you're seeing is a school like Tennessee <clears throat> being a little bit more aggressive, North Carolina being a little bit more aggressive. Hey, look, we're the little engine that could. We're trying to go up where the big boys are. 
Whereas you know, you're seeing, you know, Alabama, Georgia, now Ohio State's been aggressive now, but you know, Alabama is a little bit more thorough in evaluating their players. They'll be able to flip some of these guys, and they're going to make good decisions. They can afford to be patient where these others can't. Uh, Arkansas also got a commitment from three-star cornerback Keon Parker. Uh, Nebraska, Oregon, Baylor were also in on the Booker T. Washington high product out of Tulsa. Um, That's considered local, just a two-hour drive from Fayetteville. Um, And uh, the safety, uh, Kahari Gee, four-star safety. Clemson and LSU are the two finalists for him. Um, he is an Atlanta native, top 350 overall prospect in the 2021 cycle. A&M gets a verbal from three-star tight end Fernando Garza. Um, a good get from the for the Katy Texas product. Um, Corey Kenner is uh, this is the guy that I had confused with the Tennessee commitment. Um, this is the kid I had the days mixed up. Um. Corey Kenner is making his announcement on Monday, here the 11th. The 5'9", 210-pound running back is um, was initially going to make his pledge in uh, July. But he's a Cincinnati native, four-star prospect. Cincinnati, Florida, Georgia, Louisville, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, and A&M. Um, so he's the kid that, that's deciding today. Uh, and we'll we'll let you know tomorrow how that plays out. And then Aaron Willis, a linebacker, four-star linebacker, um, is narrowed his list down between LSU, Maryland, and Tennessee. Um, and so we'll see how that uh, will plays out um, as well. Um, as I mentioned, um, Tennessee. We also A and M's good week because. Earlier in the week, they got Victory Vaja of out of California, big defensive tackle. Uh, again, uh, Tennessee um, uh, gets uh, the uh, the Catron Evans and uh, Aaron Willis, so it's a big weekend for them. And then, of course, they got a commitment from Colby Smith, the offensive tackle, a uh, big, long, lanky prospect that's got some upside to him. And then, uh, of course, um, uh, Cody Brown uh, is a, a good player that uh, got a verbal four-star commitment from. The LSU Tigers got a commitment from Garrett Nussmeyer, Doug Nussmeyer's son, expected. I got a commitment from him um, early in the week. Some news around Florida as uh, Brashard Smith, the running back, decommitted from the Gators, all-purpose back that uh, – uh, decided to reopen his recruitment, as well as Kentucky receiving a verbal from three-star wide receiver Armand Scott. Chose Kentucky over Boston College, Cincinnati, Iowa State. So uh, that's the latest recruiting information from around the conference this past week, at least the highlights of them. Uh, some transfer information, former Florida freshman tackle Isaiah Walker. Bit of a surprise. Um that he moved on. He's moved on to Miami. Four-star recruit. He signed with the Gators and rolled in January, but he ended the transfer portal just four months later. Um, Might have been redshirted. We'll see. But the, it's a good get for Miami. Tough loss for, you know, it's it's not a panic issue. But if you remember, 
Florida lost a couple of guys last year uh, early in the period that 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 was that came enrolled early and then uh, moved on. Of course, you know by now that uh, Tua <clears throat> Tua Tungavaloa's brother Talia has entered the transfer portal. That was expected. Curious to see if he might end up with that family situation, maybe being somewhere in Florida. You can see them kind of picking up, moving out of Alabama, moving to Florida. I don't know their work situation, <clears throat> but that might be something that would be interesting, the family's work situation. We'll see. We'll see where Talia might go, maybe somewhere in the in the South Florida area. Uh, and then, of course, Nigel Knott. Former Alabama redshirt seniors transferred to East Carolina as a graduate, 5'11", 190. Um, uh, is moving on. We'll see where he ends up. And at Kentucky, redshirt freshman quarterback Amani Gilmore has entered the transfer portal, 6'1", 185, three-star recruit. Um, also, uh, defensive lineman Davion Harkins has entered the transfer portal. So um, after redshirting the first year on campus, he went on to register three, tack- uh, three tackles and sack and force fumble. Um, Kayvon Butler has entered the portal as well. Uh, so a few guys that have left here. And, uh, you know, obviously they're wanting to move on. Uh, these are some guys that are good rotational players. Um, you know, these three-star guys that just hadn't quite panned out and worked out for them. And that happens a lot. It's always looked at it's never looked at as a good thing because uh, Kentucky also lost Marvin Alexander the receiver so it's been like four three four guys um, this this week it looks a bad look what's going on there a lot of it it's a purging of the roster it's a sitting down meeting and saying this is kind of where you are now how you doing that right now virtually is intriguing. Uh, you can't sit face-to-face. But a lot of these transfers, are, it works both ways. It's a purging of the roster to maybe clear up scholarships because maybe you didn't get exactly what you were hoping you were going to get or the player hadn't developed. Uh, also at South Carolina, former uh, redshirt junior offensive lineman Summy Carley is transferred to the Citadel. Uh, he uh, hit the transfer portal in mid-April. Uh, he's got two years of eligibility remaining there. So uh, it's uh, that's the latest there. I want to talk a little bit about some players that are coming back. Um, South Carolina senior Nick Muse is um, expected to be ready for the start of the season. Um, caught 17 passes, 6'3", 232, caught 17 passes, and very – uh, interesting H-back tight end. Um, so he's uh, he's got a chance Southie to contribute. And coming off the ACL, things are progressing pretty nicely. Looking back over at Vanderbilt, look at it over the notes for spring practice because they had a few spring practices. Um, the guy to look out for as a potential replacement for Keyshawn Vaughn is Jamario Wakefield. Um Kayon Brooks is another guy that uh, has a chance to be uh, in the mix. It's going to be tough. I thought Vaughn was a little bit more skilled than Wakefield or Brooks uh, or Marlowe. But uh, at least that's kind of where it looks 
on offense with the running back position. And then the freshman quarterback, Ken Seals, definitely took the majority of snaps during spring drills and one of the key recruits this past year. And um, going to have to beat out former Hawaii quarterback Jerry, Jeremy Musa and fellow freshman Mike Wright. Looks like he's probably on pace to, to do that, or it was in the early stages of spring ball. And Southern Miss senior quarterback Jack Abraham um, at – at uh, Southern Miss um, in Hattiesburg is an impressive returning player and really good uh, prospect that does a good job from a clean pocket. I think he's he may be a candidate to be one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best in Conference USA. We'll see how this plays out, but really good-looking quarterback to keep an eye out on. Senior quarterback at Central Florida, Mackenzie Milton, coming off that big, tough knee injury. Still his goal to play in 2020, the 5'11", 190-pounder. Very good athlete, dual-threat guy. Wish him the best. It was a devastating injury. Lots been asked about <clears throat> Kellen Mott and what type of year. And You know, everybody's looking for the next. Who's going to be the Joe Burrow bump? Well, the answer is nobody. Nobody's going to have that type of year. It's rare. It's, you know, if, if that type of year was going to happen every year, it would be, you know, something we would expect. It's not something you should expect on a regular basis and certainly not going to be the case here. Um, I'm very curious. I'm not as high on him as a prospect. I'm not as high on him as a passer. I have great deal of respect for what Jimbo can do with quarterbacks. I've seen him take some very average quarterbacks at Florida State and make them pro prospects and make them pretty good. And quite frankly, none of them ever did anything at the pro level. And um, and he's gotten a lot out of them. Um, Jalen Waddell is – we've talked a lot about him and what type of impact he's going to have. Um, top returning kick returner, uh, maybe in the country – uh, he's a got a guy. He's got a lot of Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy in him. It's going to be interesting to see. He's uh, he and along with Devonte Smith are going to give him two dual receivers again that could end up in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, very very excited to see what Jamie Newman can do. A little bit concerned that you know he hasn't had a spring to work through. South Carolina freshman Marshawn Lloyd was very impressive in his first five practices in the spring. Uh, they got to find some offense. I've said that, that South Carolina has not been able to run the football all that well. He's got some quickness, got some speed. I'm curious to see what Lloyd and Fenwick can do um, to maybe help this running game out uh, a lot. want to get into, and I'm going to maybe get into it more next week, but I want to break down some of the top players in the league. And Jamie, you know, by position, they're key guys. You know, it'll be Jamie Newman and that running back, um, Najee Harris and Kylan Hill, and, and Kenneth Gainwell at uh, at Memphis. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Jamar Chase at LSU, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, offensive linemen, the key guys that I'm looking for. I want to talk a little bit more about them next week. Trey Smith and Alex Leatherwood and, um, I think, um, and, and, uh, Darian Kennard, uh, is another guy that, uh, I think is very intriguing. Um, among the 
the tight ends, you know, certainly some good groups, but, but certainly uh, uh, Florida's uh, Kyle Pitts is uh, intriguing. Um, on defense, Dylan Moses and Nick Bolton of Missouri is a guy that I don't think people know as much about and should. Patrick Sertan of Alabama and Richard LeCompte, the safety at Georgia, uh, some other guys. So we'll get into more of that um, next week and kind of go into uh, certainly keep you up to date on uh, the latest going on in recruiting and everything else. But we're going to really continue to go week in, week out, talk about personnel, talk about the teams um, so you get a good feel for where the key personnel is. And obviously you get better prepared as we get into the season. Uh, also, you've got more detailed information at LandryFootball.com, so make sure that you check it out um, today and get the scouting season offer where you can get the roster breakdowns in college football, in the NFL, recruiting boards. we got it all for you, so make sure that you check it out today. Also, make sure that you check out the great folks at 401k Generation, experts in financial planning. They can absolutely help you in that regard, um, license in all 50 states. So uh, you can reach them at 1-866-998-5879. That's 1-866-998-5879. So check them out today. Uh, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. It'll be ACC football and beyond. But we'll talk about the latest, uh, anything that breaks in recruiting or anything on the national scene that affects college football. We're going to talk about it on the top. And, uh, of course, make sure that you flip on over and listen to us on the Pro Football Shot. Uh, appreciate you joining us. And, again, talk to you next time. And uh, got any questions, send it to us over at uh, contactchris at LandryFootball.com.